Mission accomplished. Welcome to Bonehead Radio, now that we're done with all of that. So, today, we're excited. The reason being is because... <laughs> Steve, I was going to say something smart to ask. Can we start over? No. <laughs> Why? Because I like seeing you screw up. All right. Welcome to Bonehead Radio. I'm Joe Lewis. I'm McDonald's Budweiser Apple Products. Chase <laughs> Thomas, what the? <laughs> and this is our second attempt at trying to do the intro for this show because I know it's really like maybe our fifth. It's more like the third. Yeah, it, it's went bad. I don't know how it's went bad. We're all it's bad scene, man. We're all fathers. We have scene. children. I Some of us are come still children. Nose. He has meat juice. In juice. his juice, juice, not juice, juice. His meat juice in his nose. Anyway, he is getting released in October. Yeah. Well. Okay. So let's go on to something else. Let's talk about our episode. What's our topic for this episode? Stephen King, the only king, except for Elvis. How about Martin Luther? That, or, that or guy. Richard the Third. Henry the Eighth. I am. I am. All right. You've made your point. Time. There have been other kings. Have any of them been named Stephen? I'm sure there's some guy named like Stevie King drives the truck. There is not. It's just Stevie Nicks. Charlemagne. His name wasn't Stephen. <laughs> King Tut. I oh, wait, I can't do Steve Martin. I'm <laughs> sitting down and I refuse to stand up. <laughs> anyway. It's probably best if you don't. So, the thing about Stephen King is... I'm the Stephen I'm, Hawking's of sitting down. No. <laughs> Well, that actually brings up a point. He's the Stephen Hawking of idiocy. Yeah, so, yeah, anyway. I'm sitting down anyway. Well, the thing about Stephen King is that there's a ton of Stephen King adaptions. Whether you're talking about miniseries, whether you're talking about movies in the actual theater, whether you're talking about the short films, and Haley's talked about that before. Haley, our wonderful producer. The dollar shorts, right? Yeah. The one buck things where he'll actually let people do short stories and only charge them a dollar they can't make any money at it there's a ton of those that he's done over the years frank darabont actually did the woman in the room or something before and frank darabont's the guy that went on to direct the green mile shawshank redemption the mist walking dead walking I mean, dead i'm talking about the Stephen no, no, King. but i'm ones. talking about yeah, what yeah. Else? i mean he created the walking know. dead right yeah and those people and then they got rid of him and then they fired him and then he's still in court trying to get his money actually did you hear that they're suing in general like now, the the yeah uh AMC is getting sued by um, the creator uh, Kirkman and all of them. Robert Kirkman. Yeah. Robert Kirkman be, uh, and a bunch of them because they said that since AMC makes it and airs it, unlike a lot of their shows like Better Call Saul, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is made by somebody else, that they've been actually secreting away money. Oh, I'm sure. It's been going anyway. on for years. Anyway, let's get back to Stephen King. So, a lot of people have done that. It started with the first adaptation of Carrie and the next uh, Mr. Mercedes is on right now on uh, AT&T or something like that. Yeah, I, don't, some... I haven't watched it yet. I've read the books. So we could do tons of episodes on Stephen King. We could just do some of the books. We could just do some of the miniseries. We could just do some of the movies. Hell, we could do an episode about just the sequels, right? Mm -hmm. So I was doing this today as I was going through looking at research. There's 63. If you do not include sequels, you just include remakes and stuff that's been done up until this point. There's 63. 63 movies or television series or TV uh, miniseries. 
And there's about 15 in the works currently. Oh, there's a ton in the works. I didn't even include them all. I only, only ones I included that are in the works right now that are the Castle Rock series, because I know that's getting made. Yeah. It comes out next month, and Gerald's Game is shot. It just isn't out yet. Yeah. So there was, a, the there was another... The, there's the Talismans. Yeah, there's a ton of other ones. I didn't put them on there. So we have a lot to talk about, and we're going to go through them chronologically because Chad and I were talking. We decided we're not going to do the best and then the worst. We're just going to kind of rip them as we go. Some of them we really love. Some of them we really don't like. Uh, there's shades of Stephen King and how much we love him. I'm Stephen King's my favorite living author. Chad? Agreed. James, not so much. I mean, no, no offense meant Stephen yeah, King. Yeah, he's all Dean Koontz. Oh, wait, that's a joke. No, Koontz? no. Koontz? Yeah, he prefers Hideaway. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. No, no, I was about to say, actually, Harley Haley? Nelson. Haley, who's your favorite living author? Stephen author? King. Stephen King. She loves Stephen King. Haley and I went and saw The Dark Tower the other day. And? Well, that's an hour and a half Haley and I got to spend together, I guess, in the movie. She bought popcorn. You boned it. Did you say boned it or bonded it? <laughs> oh my god! I'm old. You know, what you know I know her dad. Yes, right? that's right. She bonded. She put she put in your dentures for you. I was that say was she true. Stole all the popcorn. Oh, I was uh, gonna make a James Bond reference. And I stole all the popcorn. You're anyway. gonna make a what? I was gonna make a James Bond reference. Joe just kept walking into the room, going da 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 da. Anyway, da-da. moving so around along. Read your coons. <laughs> so let's go ahead and get started with the first adaptation, Carrie, which was his first published novel. Carrie's directed by Brian De Palma. Came out in same year as Rocky. Is that seventy six? Seventy six. Seventy six. Rocky, I know. Yeah. Right, right, right. Because I I took a film class in at Hazard Community College twenty years ago, and they talked about the as far as the red, white, and blue, and how that was the by is it bicentennial? Bicentennial. It was yeah. bicentennial, and all the things that were going on during then because the United States had been two hundred years old. It's a classic. Mm-hmm. Has anybody read the book except me? Uh, that's actually one book I have not read. I just that. finished it the other day. I'd never read it. The how first book, it, I never read it. How far is it from... Uh, how different is the adaption of the movie to the book? Well, <clears throat> first of all... Spoilers. Spoilers, yeah. <laughs> nobody makes it out really well off in either yeah. the book or the movie. Well, shocker, it's a Stephen King book. Right. Honestly, I, I think Stephen King has talked about how he has very little to do with a lot of the movies unless he writes them. They go off and do their own. People, a lot of authors have gotten mad. Oh, they ruined my book. And he's always said, no, I got to check. You can still go look at the book. The book's right here. You didn't ruin my book. That's your movie. You made a shitty movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, and I completely understand. I would sell out too in a heartbeat. Bonehead, by the way, if you want to give us some money, we're more than happy to sell out to Yo, you in yeah. any second. You got any movies coming out you want us to review? Ship them to us. Ship them to us. Screeners. Yeah, we love free stuff. And you don't even have to give us money. Food. Yeah. Diet soda. Yeah. Twinkies. Yeah, if we can get some gristle down, Chad, do we get hats for the yeah, kids? Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, so back to the carry. I'm already drinking meat juice tonight. <laughs> You're going to be drinking it all night, bitch. <sighs> oh, Lord. Anyway, carry. Yes, carry. So Brian De Palma, great filmmaker, right? Yep. Okay. Split Steals screen. Steals a lot. Steals a lot. But Still a a, stole a lot from Hitchcock. Yes. But lots of people. Tarantino has stolen oh, a yeah, lot. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think when you're considered an artist, it's called an homage. Yeah, well, he made a big a bu- big bunch of them at Homages. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's in form of flattery. Homages. So, anyway, Carrie is, in my mind, he talks about if, uh, Stephen King, back to Stephen King, if you don't necessarily have to do the story straight, just as long as you get the spirit of it. I feel that 
after listening, I actually listened to it on the back and forth to work. I feel like they got the spirit of it. Okay. So that's my answer to you. Carrie in the books, chubby, covered in acne, not a very homely lady. And in the movie, Carrie is played by whom? Sissy Spacek. Not a homely person at all. Well, she may not be your type, but she's not hideous. Okay. Well, Plus, not. she's a coal miner's daughter. And she's proud to be a coal miner. <clears throat> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, well, Somewhere you know, in actually, Butcher Holler. I was about to say, and you know, I, I'm not, like, as we've already established, the biggest Stephen King fan. Which is a I, reason why we don't like him. I admire Stephen King. I prefer... My favorite living author is Harlan Ellison. Now, that could change next week. Harlan's 80-something. Stephen King may move up a level. I hope it doesn't happen. No, I'm pretty but... sure a, a complete and total anger and hatred keeps him going. Yeah, I'm pretty sure, too. I hope it does. And, and if bitterness. you don't know who Harlan Ellison is... Read a book! We Read a book. We've met him. Or two out of the three boneheads have met him. We have good stories. Come to us at Scarefest or Comic-Con, and we'll take you aside, and you can buy us a drink, and we'll tell oh, you all about it. I will love it. In fact, we'll tell you stories as long as the drinks are rolling, <laughs> yeah. and we don't have to pay for them, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. But... Or appetizers. Oh, my God. Appetizers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if you feed us. Yeah. Keep going. But, um, no, I, one thing I will say, though, about Stephen King, and, and if you've read Dance Macabre, he mentions Harlow. And I actually pulled they, Dance Macabre out of my collection. These are actually know. my books. Uh, they, they are aware of each other. They've talked to each other before. Anyway, the point being, though, is one of the things that pops up about Carrie is the role that plays as a female character at that time coming out of the 1960s. The well, the book takes place is actually a few years ahead. I think it's 70 or 8, 79, actually. 79, I think. Yeah, but... What, what, I know. I'm just sorry. Just giving you a little FYI on the book. But what I'm saying is, though, that idea of Stephen King writing a female character and it being viewed as kind of, in some ways, heroic. Yeah, she, she she's a tragic figure. Yeah, but she takes, in some ways, what's hers, which was not what was happening to women in horror. No, but she is a murderer as well. I mean, she's yeah. a tragic figure, and she's obviously crapped on, made to suffer. She suffers and suffers and suffers and finally lashes out. Probably there's a lot of things that happen later on in our own culture with school shootings and stuff that we could relate of maybe people who were suffering and then oh, lashed yeah. out. I don't know the whole story in those. I'm not going to get into this. This is in a psychology class. However, Carrie's still a murderer. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, she She is. murders... In fact, mm-hmm. in the book, she really murders the whole town. She makes lots of things burn mm-hmm. and blow up as she makes her way to her mother. You know, she's not... Is she sympathetic or isn't she sympathetic? Well, I think... Because she's a mass murderer. <clears throat> she is. I, th- I think that's one of the things, though, that you can get into. And again, not meaning it's a sci- psychology class or a sociology class. I don't, I don't know. But, but how could you? The, the question becomes: How many people in that town were at least vaguely aware of it? And I think it gets to a point. If where... If they're in the high school, they were all aware of it. And that's what I'm saying. At what point? And again, not just fighting the murder, but I think it makes her sympathetic that much more. Is if, if you want to buy the line that everybody in the town knew something was wrong. And nobody had the courage to stand up and say, we should really help this girl. Yeah. And I think that gets into a lot of argument about who's really the monster. If you know something is going on, I think that's something that, again, just going by the movie, I think it's something that's still interesting. It's why you watch it. And yes, by the way, if she popped up outside my door, I'd be scared to death. Well, it depends on if it's Carrie out of the book or Sissy Spacek from 1976. 
Actually, I'm going to be horrified either way. Yeah. You pop up at 3 a.m. outside my door, I'm going to go ahead and say, mm, you ain't getting in. Um, but, no, I think that's. I think it becomes an interesting point as well as far as when you look at, and I think the fact that, and I'm sure there's some gender and women studies people that would have some different points on this, but I think it's interesting that, I think it's important that it wasn't a male that was picked on. No. It wasn't a... And there's more to it, and it's stuff that plays on in a lot of his later books. I mean, she doesn't get her period. I mean, she doesn't start her, become a female, if you will, to later in life, and that's the same thing. And they're all shocked of how can this 16, she's 16, just now be starting? What's wrong with her? How can she not? And even the teachers are aggravated with her, and you can understand their aggravation, right? Mm -hmm. So... I, is she sympathetic? Is she not? Obviously, her suffering sympathetic, but it wasn't really until I le read the book that I thought, I don't know why it never occurred to me, but it's, God, she's not, she's not a good person. She kills so many people. But could she have been? If I yeah, never know. I, I, well, yeah. Is that a nature over nurture thing? Is well, I don't know. And I, I'm saying, and I don't know, but I think that's what makes the book that much more interesting. Because if but it becomes clear cut, well, no, I the character, I should say. I understand. That. I think that that makes the character much more interesting because if you, if she should and this have is been, getting way too serious for if she, yeah, yeah. if she should have been a good person and she wasn't like Chad, um, then that's just terrible. I I think she could have been. I think the the cards are stacked against her, yeah. right? I think there's a lot of people out there, and this is how I and then we'll move on to the next. There's a lot of people out there who who there's a lot of things that go against them. They've already got a lot, and then they still make it. And then there's a lot of people who have a lot of baggage and all the cards are against them and they don't make it and then they blame other people for the rest of their lives. I think that's Carrie. She's a victim in the worst way. She's a victim, suffers, and then lashes out. And then makes tons of other victims. And makes tons of other victims. And victims out of the families of people who those children and people she murdered belong to. Right? And the lives she destroyed. I don't know. It's a kind of a serious thing. That's probably the reason why it had a sequel. Later on, that sucks. Yeah. It's been remade twice. It was remade mm -hmm. as a TV movie, which I've never seen. Have you seen it? Brian Fuller wrote it. Is For you Star Trek fans out there, or Hannibal fans. I'm trying to figure out, is the TV movie the one that had the guy... No, that was actually the, the, the remake. Because I, I was... Who, who, which one starred the older brother from Home Improvement as the bully? Oh, that's Carrie 2, okay. The Rage. Yeah, yeah. Which is a sucky movie. Yeah, yeah. One cool shot at the end with the mirrors. I thought you were going to say the one where his balls got shot off. I don't remember that. I think that happens. Is it Jason London in that? Uh, I, I don't way, remember. By the way, if it doesn't happen, if you're a huge Carrie to the Rage fan and you're like, that didn't happen, I want you to think about what Chad could possibly be, <laughs> be thinking of. And then I want you to uh, uh, tweet us at Bonehead Humor Co. and let us know that you think we saw. Shocker, or, I'm a sw sick, twisted idiot. I almost said Swiss. <laughs> <laughs> and Why the, do you hate the Swiss? And, 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 and then the, the, the Chloe Moretz version. Which is directed by the lady who directed uh, Girl, Boys Don't Cry. Yeah. Same lady, who's a talented filmmaker. To me, it adheres a little too much to the De Palma version, which is not necessarily the book. Where I'm going to bring that up later, though. When A lot of these remakes it, and retellings, that's where they actually go wrong. If they, they, they don't necessarily go back to the book, mm -hmm. 
they go back to the film that came before and give homages, and I think that's an issue. Yeah, and we'll yeah, talk about yeah. that with the later example that I'm going to bring up. Well, anyway, there's a reason. It's a it's a powerful story. Yeah. That's a reason why Stephen King keeps getting adapted. I actually was thinking about this because there's a lot of other authors out there sold a hell of a lot of books that don't have as many movies, and I think it's because whatever it is, he has the ability to reach in and pick something that's back here in your lizard brain that goes, oh, clowns, oh, something else. He just, well, it's characters. And, it's, and nobody, nobody, Tarantino said this, nobody writes better three-dimensional characters. I don't care if you like him or not. Read a couple of books. When you read his books, even if the story sucks, like the Tommyknockers or, or Needful Things, you love the characters. Well, you know say, those and people, I, and you start to... You see them in your head. Well, I was about to say, and, and, and you all are more of the experts on this, but even what little bit I've read, they're three-dimensional characters. They're all three-dimensional doesn't matter if you're the biggest fan or not. I agree with you. If you pick up one of his books and you read about a kid... It's written the way a kid would think. Right. It gives you're like, yeah, no, that's a kid. All right, Salem's Lot would be the next one on our chronological list. Anything to add about this? It was directed by Toby Hooper. Toby Hooper was famous for the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Would go on to direct second unit on Poltergeist. <laughs> if you're a fan of Poltergeist and Spielberg, you're like Toby Hooper directed Poltergeist. Look it up. And there's still people we could do a whole that point. We could do a whole episode about how. He was high on cocaine, and Zelda Rubenstein, a lot of people said Actually, another, a second, that he was there, but Spielberg said movie, it on the, You watch that movie, it looks like a, a Spielberg, Spielberg movie. movie. Well, and I was going to say, and there was actually a special effects guy that had been silent about it for years, and, and he, he came said, out and he, he said, said, yeah, Toby was there, but... Spielberg did that noise. Yeah, 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 that was Spielberg. He said Spielberg, actually, I think the special effects guy said, Spielberg would set up the shot, get everything ready, and then you would have Toby Hooper... Adjust, Action. and then he could do adjustments and things, and yeah, 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 yeah. It's uh, but anyway. Honestly, mm. I, that's this is one of the few that we're going to talk about that I have not seen. I have it. I bought it uh, a few months ago. It came out on Blu-ray, and I have it on Blu-ray, and I rewatched it, and I still enjoy it. Oddly enough, Salem's Lot was a really popular miniseries when it came out. Okay, yeah. and it has a hell of a cast. It starred Starsky or Hutch. I can't remember which one's which, but the blonde guy, David yeah. Soul. Right, I can't remember which one's which, but David it's, Saul. That's Hutch. Bonnie Bedelia. It had... Um, Die Hard's Bonnie Bedelia. Right? Die Hard's Bonnie Bedelia. Die, Nakatomi. Never forget. Anyway, it had Die Hard's Bonnie... Donnie... <laughs> Did you, James Donnie Wahlberg. You gotta say Donnie really, Bonaduce. James Mason. Have you all ever? And James Mason played the guy that over who looks out for Count Orlock because basically they rip off Nosferatu's for the vampires. Very effective. Some of the scenes are still very effective after all this time. Have any of you read the book? Nope. I have read the book. Haley's read the book. You can talk, Haley. People want to hear you talk. Dog Butters has said, and and, and other people have said they want to hear you talk. Here's a question. What? It's a movie. It's a it's a movie and book about vampires. Yes. So why is it called Salem's Lot, which is associated with witches? Well, because actually it's called the towns are called Jerusalem's Lot. And that, the then this makes they, perfect sense. And they shorten it, right? And then they, they call it Salem's Lot, right? Uh -huh. It's called Jerusalem's yeah. Lot, and people call it Salem's Lot. But the thing is, is he was to me, and maybe people are lazy. Maybe a little bit of Matheson. Let's say the whole name. Maybe a little bit of Matheson for. I am legend, but I think Stephen King was the first one to really delve into this is a virus and it overtakes people and it overtakes the town slowly. 
I bet you the Stephen King was just being lazy. I don't want to type Jerusalem every time we talk about this. I don't want my titles. That's too long of a title. I don't get paid by the page. I don't get paid that by the That wasn't the first name of the book. He wanted to call it Second Coming, and his wife said call it something different. <laughs> <laughs> Chad hasn't even made it through the first one. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Salem's Lot, the miniseries still holds up. They made a miniseries of it later on with Rob Lowe that's even less faithful to the book. Have you ever seen it? No. It is terrible. They made it for TBS or TNT. I think TNT. Well, it doesn't matter. Turner Network. It's less faithful. It actually changes the preacher, the minister in it all That's around. That's played by James Cromwell in it. Yeah, which makes no sense because if you're a Stephen King fan, he shows back up in the Dark Tower series later on in the seventh book. Mm -hmm. So they ruined, they killed him, which makes no sense Spoiler. if you're a Stephen King fan. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes, in the fifth book. You can just talk. To correct you on air. Oh no, moment. please don't. Do. Please do. People want you to be interactive. She's now picking her nose. All right. <laughs> <on>. <laughs> well, we got pictures. We can prove it. I see it coming out of the top of your head. <laughs> <laughs> she, her brain itched. <laughs> anyway, so Salem's Art, real quick, directed by Toby Hooper, probably one of the the good Toby Hooper films. I recommend it. I wouldn't break my neck out to get it. I'd definitely read the book, actually. It's one of my favorite Stephen King novels. Well, I was going to say, and, and it's actually the reason I know more about Salem's Lot than some of the other ones is because it also pops up a lot in pop culture. It's one of his early works. You would think, Carrie, you would think, but, I mean, Salem's Lot gets mentioned in rap songs. It gets mentioned in, so there's all that sense. Really? Of, yes. I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, there's a couple of them. James getting down with the West Saeed. All right. So I know you've had a bunch of information, so let's go through this. Next up is The Shining, Stanley Kubrick. Not to be confused with The Shining. The Shining. You don't want to say The Shining. Why? Do you want to get sued? Right, so The Shining. The Shining is really well known. It's yes. a Stanley Kubrick film that people love. If you're a Stanley Kubrick fan, yeah. of course you love all of them. However... It's also a great cast. It's also got a great cast, right? However... Stephen King has said he doesn't like it. Right. And Stephen King gave a pass on the Dark Tower the other day. So sometimes I'm wondering if he's getting a check more on the side or whatnot. Oof. However, as an adaptation of a book, well, it takes place in a hotel, and the characters are kind of the same, but it pretty much ends there. Yeah. Right? I mean, the setup is the same. But have you read the book? No. Have you read the book? No. Okay. Haley's read the book. All why, right. is that, why is Haley not here and I'll just touch the cameras? I don't because know. know you, I because you know you because one. of HR, you're not allowed to touch anything anymore. Okay. Herman Rolstein okay. doesn't let you touch Herman any of this stuff. <laughs> anyway, so the movie's great. I enjoy the movie. However, I do agree with some of the criticisms of the movie. For example, the way they treat Shelley Duvall, the Shelley Duvall's character, Jack Torrance's wife. Uh -huh. In the book, she's a strong woman. And later we'll get to the miniseries where Rebecca De Mornay played her. And actually, that's more accurate to the book. Now, right. that miniseries is not as good as that movie. Yeah, it's right. If right. You, but it is more close and adheres more to the book. Yeah. The Shining's not my favorite book by Stephen King. It's a decent book. It's a mm -hmm. good book. But I don't have an attachment to it like other people do. Well, I, th I think so Would you much... prefer they stayed at a Ramada Inn? I mean, no. I'm Okay, I... 
I have been to Estes Park. You know, I have been to the Stanley Hotel that it's based on. And then later they shot the miniseries there. But I've been there. I enjoyed it. I've taken the tour. I've been there twice. I had a red rum at the bar that they serve. Of course they do, right? <laughs> However... The waitress gets punched in the nose. <laughs> it's a good book. I, I, I just, Rags. it's a good book. I just Rags. don't have an attachment to it like I do a lot of the other ones. Yeah, I mean, I'm, after knowing that, and this was, again, this is just my warped brain of, I really did like the movie The Shining, but after knowing, you know, Stephen King hated it, it doesn't follow the book. I just, I had a hard time going back and reading the book knowing that the movie was completely different. I mean, it is and it isn't, right? So yeah. they just kind of changed the characterization. So the complaints have always been, well, Jack Nicholson doesn't, I showed it to Christy a while back and she was like, well, he's crazy from the get-go. And that is a, probably a complaint you could lob at it. Yeah. it does, he doesn't slowly go crazy. He's crazy from the get-go. Mm -hmm. And Shelley Duvall is a one-dimensional character in there who just cries and runs. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of... She's basically a screen queen. It's kind of sexist, right? In a sense. Well... They kill off... Well, I mean, she doesn't really fight for herself like she does in the book or the miniseries later on. I mean, yeah. it's... No, no, I, I think, though, what that movie has going for it, as you've said, is Kubrick. Yeah, it's Kubrick, because he's a genius. The scene of the twins in the hallway... Beautiful. The, the blood on the elevator... They're running through the snow maze. The maze itself, which oh. isn't in the book, and the yeah. in the in the book they're attacked by topiaries that move, and that's and, much that maze is much scarier. And I think that's it. I think that's why it is what it is. And I and I said I haven't read the book, but I do have a hard time. I'm kind of with Chad. I that burns so many images into my head. Because mm -hmm. he's a great filmmaker. Oh, that, scared of that I it scared can't, me as a kid. And I've looked at my wife and kids since seeing the movie, and I think maybe I should go get an axe. Maybe this and, should be and having, and, and having two brothers who were who were as creepy as the twins in that, I was like, oh god, any minute, yeah, any minute I mean, you're gonna. It has great scenes. We want to play with you, Chad. But you the series, he, the, 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 all right, I'll tell you two quick stories. One, he says it's a beautiful car with no engine. Yeah. And I understand what he's talking I, about. There's not makes, a lot yeah. there's not a lot of heart to it. But that's you so could lob space, that like two thousand one. You could lob that at a lot of Kubrick films yeah. and we've heard Barry a lot of people Linden. say it. <laughs> That's the only Kubrick movie I haven't seen. Oh, hey, it's beautiful, out. but rush out and get that. He was like, Really, we need Ryan uh, and mute it yeah. and just watch it. Anyway, that's one. And the other story Stephen King tells is about him. He was one morning he was shaving. Tabby, his wife, says, uh, you got a phone call. It's it's Kubrick. Kubrick's on the phone. He's shaving. He stops shaving. Oh, my God. I go talk to Stanley. He's making this movie about me. And all of a sudden, he goes, hey, Stanley, it's Steven. Do you believe in... Do you think ghost stories are inherently uh, positive or that, that, you know, that's a happy ending? And he goes, what, he goes, what do you mean? He goes, well, if it's a ghost story, then, you know, that means you live on past death. So it's inherently a happy ending. And he said, well, Stanley, what about hell? And all of a sudden, there was a pause on the phone, and Stanley goes, I don't believe in hell. And that was the end of the conversation. That was the only question he ever asked him about the book. Yeah. That was all that was in his head. Well, that's typical. I don't believe in, I don't, and I get where Stanley was going. Yeah. If you live, if there's a ghost story, and that's probably the reason why he kind of. Yeah, you just get rid of this finite shell that actually then you arguably holds you back. Move on out into the ether and do whatever it is, you know, past this body spiritually, however you want to live. I get both sides of that. There, and I think, I don't know that I'd have been smart enough to Stephen King to say, what about hell? It wouldn't yeah. have occurred to me automatically. What about you two? Oh, what a, but nummy muffins. I would have been like, over here making yeah. noise. 
Yeah, my my kitty cat's over there. Nummy, my cocoa the... butter. All right, let's keep on moving. What's next? Creep show. We're going in chronological as these things, as the movies were released. Okay. Now, and Creepshow had an adaptation of one of his works, and the other two he wrote for it? I'm pretty sure it's all written for it. I don't know which one was an adaptation. Creepshow oh, yeah. 2 has an adaptation. The Raft, has the Raft a draft, is an adaptation. But, and it's written one. by Romero, but it's technically not. He wrote this. He and Romero, he's got a... We've talked about this in a Romero episode. Yeah. He had a cameo in Knight Riders. They became friends, and then he wrote the screenplay for Creepshow, and they made the movie. Mm -hmm. And like I said, it was a really big hit for all of them. Mm -hmm. So, I don't have a lot to say about Creepshow that we haven't already said before. Yeah, I say we just... Moving right moving along. On. Cujo. <laughs> he has said that this is... D. Wallace should have won an Oscar. Oscar. Yeah. Go ahead, Chad. I no, know you that, have some stuff about it. No, it's just that he thinks D. Wallace's performance is the best performance of any of his film adaptations. Yes. And it's also D. I, Wallace. Yeah, and I could be wrong um, based on my warped child memory, but this is the first Stephen King movie I actually ever saw. Yeah. And I, I actually had a St. Bernard as a pet. <laughs> and it was rabid. No. <laughs> no, Chad was. Oh, St. Bernard was. I, I get him confused. St. Bernard tried to stay Poor away. Yeah. Chad, what it is. By the way, I did not name him. Poor Bruiser was the, the friendliest dog I ever had. <laughs> but no, Bruiser. I, I mean, D. Wallace, just a heartbreaking performance. It's a heartbreaking performance. The differences between the book, and this is something I hadn't read for the audience for the last 12 months, I've been trying to. I thought I'd read every Stephen, and I hadn't. I, well, I thought I'd read most, and really I was missing a chunk, and a lot of it was the early stuff. I read Cujo. Mm -hmm. Cujo the movie is, is a great story. The book is a great story, but it's not a very well-written book. I think it's all over the damn place. Well, well and Cujo was the first Stephen King book I read, too. Well, and then uh, here's the thing, too, about that book. Stephen King barely remembers writing it. It's, it he, was really, he, was, he was an extreme alcoholic at the time. Uh, and... I believe yeah. he was what the kids refer to as toe up. He toe. was toe up. He had, in fact, I've read he has no recollection of rewriting it. Yeah, he does. He has no memory. He has no memories of writing this book, which is why I think it's one of his lesser. It, it is. It, it is a messy. It's a messy, but it's a great story. But my God, well, I was the movie. Say, and and that's and, and I said this first Stephen King that I read. I was probably sixth or seventh grade. Yeah. And somebody said you should read Stephen King. You like that stuff, which actually was funny with Alex Science Fiction. But I mean, at the time, and close enough. Like, and D. Wallace, yeah. D. D. Wallace's performance in this was science so fiction, pedophile book, whatever. I mean, she it was so heart wrenching. She actually spent three weeks in the hospital afterwards. Due, oh, I exhaustion. didn't know that from exhaustion. Well, now let let really quick. You know, were you there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We met D. Wallace. Maybe one of the sweetest ladies I've ever met in my yeah. entire life. Right. Yep. So there's a, probably a reason that she has played everybody's mother from Cujo's mom to E.T.'s mom, mom to the Critter's mom. mom. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yes. She's she is she's inherently the, sweet. She's a Florence Henderson of uh, sci-fi and horror. That's really? Let, I don't know about that. Anyway, moving right along. So, Cujo. Yeah. Um, go ahead. Well, what I was about to say, there's one big difference between the book and the movie. That and Stephen King agrees with it. Is this about the obsession, the, the possession of the dog? No, that is a little bit, but it only kind of touches on that and doesn't really finish it off later. That's what I'm talking about, yeah. about the book being all over the damn place. The boy dies in the book. The little oh, yeah, boy. yeah, that boy dies in the, the book. The little boy dies in the book, and Stephen King has said, oh, I'm glad they didn't kill him because it had been too much yeah, in the movie. And, you know, the other thing, uh, Cujo was directed by? Louis Teague. Louis Teague. Stephen Alligator. 
yeah, Alligator. Stephen King actually lobbied to get him to direct this movie. Oh, really? Yeah, because of Alligator. I didn't know that. <laughs> he really loved Alligator, and he wanted Louis Teague, but it originally was being directed by Peter Medak. Peter Medak, yeah, he directed the uh, directed uh, the the uh, Changeling. The Changeling, Subspecies Two. Just Species Two. So subspecies species Two is a different. Oh one. God! <laughs> I, and I actually two. wrote Subspecies it's Two. Species Two. I can't believe which I is did a that. terrible movie. It's a terrible movie. <laughs> no, uh, one of Full Moon's lesser movies. Yeah, <laughs> but also, but also, they I'm talking about have Species Two. Great, is honestly, a terrible I've movie never too. seen the Changeling, but he he directed the Craze, which is uh, origin uh, from had, the '80s version. From the '80s version. Yeah, yeah. And the, which is now known as Legend. Starring um, yeah Tom, Tom Hardy, Hardy, which is a good performance in a bad movie. But yeah, Louis Teague, who went on to direct uh, Cat Eyes, which we'll be discussing. Yeah, Jewel of the Nile. Uh, his <laughs> I didn't the, realize he the, directed the sequel to Revenge of the Stone. Yeah, the best uh, Jay Leno uh, movie ever, Collision Course with <laughs> oh with Pat, uh, Pat Morita. Yeah, with Pat Morita <laughs> and uh, and James's favorite, uh, the Justice League of America TV movie that was absolutely atrocious. <sighs> That was Louis Teague. When you look um, at the Corman... Well, at least he had basketball. Alligator and Cujo. At least he had Alligator and Cujo. That's more than us. <laughs> yeah. But it's just amazing that he wanted Louis Teague to direct this based on Alligator. Alligator. And then he he made this amazing movie of Cujo that really takes place inside of a damn car for an hour and a half. It does. And it is one of the most heart-wrenching movies I mean, even as a kid, I could barely get through it. Yeah, it, was yeah. so, it was so rough. Yeah, anyway, D. Wallace, great. Do we have anything else to add to that? No. Okay. No, good. Let's move on. All right, The Dead Zone. That is my favorite Shocker. Movie. And why? Because, uh, no, actually, it, it it's the one that has the most literary illusions. It's Christopher Walken. The Raven. Just admit it. The ra no, it starts with Legend The Raven. Legend of Sleepy Hollow. It starts with The Raven. Within five minutes, it's got a Legend of Sleepy Hollow quote being a bachelor and a nobody's particular debt. They didn't worry their head about it. Uh, and then he makes a... He actually makes a few Washington Irving references. Cause There's he, a couple. Because he pulls a Rip Van Winkle. Rip Van Winkle. It's, it's also, I think... Um, Ripped off the Manchurian Candidate. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where I pulled that from. <laughs> I've got a good guess. Well, hold on, real quick. It's directed by David Cronenberg, and if you're a horror fan out there and you don't know who David Cronenberg is, once again, I have a gun. Here's a yeah. pistol. Eat a bullet. But Look up, Nightbreed. <laughs> really? 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 Uh, no, hold on. Here's one. Look up Jason Ten. Ooh, good point. But actually, there's a, there's some things about that movie I do love, Christopher Walken. But I actually do think I like it because most people don't know who Stephen King lobbied and didn't get it this time. To star as Johnny Smith, generic name boy. Who? Bill Murray. Really? Stephen King wanted Bill Murray in that role. He thought Bill Murray would be able to do it and bring... I see that, that makes that, more that, sense. That fits. Have you read the book? Once again, am I going to say this question? I read... I, by the way, this is another one that I've read in the last 12 months. That's the one I want to read. I want to read it, It's too. really good. Christy even liked Just it. Just because I really like Anthony Michael Hall. Oh. So... Oh. Oh. <laughs> anyway, read the book. Hell's wrong with you. <laughs> That I actually think the movie, once you've read the book, because the movie does such a good job of making him three-dimensional and mm -hmm. his absolute torture. He's someone who is tortured, has all this stuff happens to him, and then ends up trying yeah. to do the right thing. Well, and there's, um, there's so much of that film that happened by accident as well. Um, the scene where he's in the hospital bed... And he's the, he sees the fire and he starts well, to sweat. They're supposed to be shooting that at a turkey farm? Um, 
and he starts to sweat. Yeah. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. <laughs> right now, our Twitter sphere will be blowing up. Know, up. Be like, Let James speak. Two things about that scene that are really relevant. Thanksgiving. <laughs> what is it? Quick. Um, the reason he looks like he's sweating is when they did the flames, they actually set the room on fire. And as sprayed, one does, as one tends to do. And they they sprayed <laughs> Christopher Walken down with flame retardant. And then they yeah, I don't think you can use that word anymore. Um, and then prior and the to flame retardant, it, it was a happy accident. He wasn't supposed to be sweating. It looked so much better than he was. Like he was actually responding to the fire, even uh -huh. though it wasn't there. But the true story behind that was they had just hosed him down literally because of insurance because somebody did get burned very badly on the set. What was the other one? Uh, the other thing is when he does that, that was caused by uh, Christopher Walken is actually, as, as he plays a lot of horror things, most people don't know this, he hates guns. And there's a movie called At Close Range with Sean Penn where there's a scene where he actually looks shocked and it's because Sean Penn put down the prop gun and picked up a real gun right before the scene started and Christopher Walken actually freaked out but still did the scene. Uh -huh. He hates guns. He had David Cronenberg walk off set. Chad hates guns. Uh, I know. Hashtag Craig Dennis. Hashtag <laughs> suck it. Keep going. Um, David, he told David Cronenberg about it and David Cronenberg said, can we use that? And he said, sure, if you think it'll be great. So those scenes where he does that, David Cronenberg walked off set and held up a three fifty seven and fired it in the air. Oh, that's great. And that's a true story. Yes. Oh. And so that's why when he does that, he goes, and they edit out the sound, but he was firing a gun up in the air. That reminds me of the Werner Herzog was, story yeah, with Klaus Kinski. Um, I was sitting here thinking of Werner Herzog. And before. actually, Stephen King and David Cronenberg both based the performance, uh, the book, or in the performance, on this actual guy that claimed to have psychic power, Peter Horker. Mm -hmm. Horker. But anyway, he, he fell. Horker? He, I, I Don't do it. Don't do it. Horker. <laughs> oh, fell. I thought you were going to go Horker. No, no. He fell off a ladder and he, he claimed he could see stuff and he was trying to present. Kick down a well. Eyes go cross. So, anyway, the other thing about this film, though, is if you're a creep show fan. I am. It almost had a kind of cross reference how Holbrook was going to play Tom Skerritt's role. And Dino De Laurentiis. Tom Guns. Tom Skerritt. Every sheriff in most shows <laughs> ever is Tom Skerritt. Um, Tom. It's true, but keep going. Yeah, yeah. Hal Holbrook was supposed to play that role. That's who Cronenberg wanted. Uh, and I guess Stephen King was okay with it. But Dino De Laurentiis said, who the hell is Hal Holbrook? We're getting somebody I know. And he stepped in. So there was a lot of fights between, quote-unquote, the studio system and Cronenberg about this because he also wanted his friend who had done all his other music for the film, which is... Uh, uh, Howard... Uh, uh, yeah, Howard Shore. Howard Shore. You know how I know Howard Shore? He'd go on to do the score for a little movie called Lord of the Rings. Rings. Well, Howard Shore had done most of his other films. Matter of fact, there's He's only three most of films his, yep. that Cronenberg has done. That he had, and the studio, he wanted Howard Shore to do it, and the studio kicked in and went, no, 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 that's not a name. You want Michael Kamen. Yeah, who and, is by all stretches yeah. a very successful but composer. But Michael, Michael Kamen came in and did it. So Cronenberg, what makes it interesting to me is that movie turned out really well, but I... I didn't know there was so much backfighting about it between who was going to do the music, who was going to do this, how they're going to do this, and all the happy accidents that made that into a good movie. Lesser known fact, Christopher Walken was actually repeat, hit repeatedly in the head with a bat until he actually got psychic powers. That's actually not one true. That. Really quick, if you read the book and like the movie, the thing is, and it would, not till I've seen it through somebody else's eyes, Christy, when I was re-watching it with her and her commentary, because she read the book never seen the movie. It is very much 
I'm trying to think of how a, a Cliff Notes version of it. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that, it does, to me, it's still, she did not feel that it got Johnny's pain down. She doesn't think the movie succeeds at that. Because in the book, I mean, he suffers. And you go through how he suffers. And the doctor, she doesn't think they did a very good job with the doctor that helps him because there's even more story to that. But, I mean, how are you going to do that in an hour and a half movie? Yeah. So well, I give them credit and say, you know, they got the Cliff Notes version of that down. I do see where she's saying, I don't know that I feel Johnny suffering as much as I did after reading that book. And for well, some odd reason, he is an extremely, where I was talking about Carrie carries a mass murder, he's extremely sympathetic what and that came out in 1983 uh, the up? movie came out in 83 yeah because that's one of the things too is that there's a sin fantastique fantastic or whatever the main cinema fantastic yeah mm-hmm. there are there's a lot of scenes and when they did the coverage of it there were three or four scenes that they covered that, that are movie? not in the movie well that's not unheard the, of well but what's interesting is one of them goes much darker than what we saw on the screen the see there is a line where uh, when in the future vision of him get, of uh, Sheen getting ready mm-hmm. to set off the bomb and all that stuff, yeah. Um, but when he uh, he says, "I'll hack your arm off," the scene that Cronenberg also filmed was at one point they filmed it where eventually the guy just does it. Uh, there was a scene filmed where he literally pulls out a gun, shoots him, and cuts his hand off, and that's one of the scenes in the thing is him taking the severed hand and pushing it onto the thing. No, no, he is much more, and they do a good job with the backstory of him too. So in the movie, he doesn't really show up till the end. Yeah. And in the book, of course you're allowed to do that in the book. You see his, where he starts from point A to point B. All right. Yep. Anything else about the dead zone? Nope. No. All right. The next one would be Christine. <laughs> so John Carpenter says it's not a very, John Carpenter directed it. Yeah. Uh, here's a little history about it. I don't know if it's in your notes. John Carpenter ended up directing that because he directed The Thing. Right. Which is John Carpenter's best film, which is, to me, probably... Big Trouble, little China, you son of a... No, I, it's The Thing. I love Big Trouble, <laughs> it is but, it's, but it's The Thing. It's it his is best film. It's part none. It's, it's his best film. I don't Escape care. From LA. There's people... <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I, know, I know Miranda's out there screaming Halloween right now. I'm sorry. It's, no, it's, it's The not Thing. Halloween. No, well, no, it's I thing. Say, Halloween is his... It probably has the most cultural impact, but it's The Thing. The Thing came out right around E.T. Guess what? That summer audience of 82, they did not want to see people ripped apart and things running. John across. John Carpenter's whole movie career is just one tragic note after another, making need, really great films that just bombed horribly. We need, I uh, mean, there's been some successes. There's been some. But, Sorry, but he, has had, he has had a hard time. Escape from New York was a success. It just, there's, anyway. Back to, so he was, his next movie was going to be Firestarter. That's the Stephen King novel he wanted to do. When the thing came out and started the tank, guess I who love got Prodigy. guess who got fired from Firestarter? I couldn't even guess. Can you imagine what John Carpenter's been, Firestarter would have been? That would have been infinitely better. Wouldn't it? George C. Scott would have been a damn Indian. Yeah, we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. But anyway, Christine. All right, I read the book. Here's the thing. Because <laughs> I could, to me, the it's I'm, it's the car is too cool. So to let be, me ask you, John I, Carpenter has said the car is too cool to be scared. In of. case you don't ask, I have read this book. <laughs> okay, yeah. what do you think about the book compared to the movie? I mean, the movie does a Cliff Notes version of the book. the book. Yeah, the book is infinitely better. It is, but do you not agree that it probably gets uh, you get an approximation by watching the movie? Yeah. Whereas so there's a couple others that just go off the rails. Yeah, no, it's pretty much. It is kind of the book, mm-hmm. but there's just so much more. Yeah. 
right? Yeah. And you actually feel for the well, character. Well, and that's the thing with King Books, like we discussed earlier, is there's a reason why his books are ungodly thick. He spends so much time on character development. Right. So much so that you can't really put all that into a movie. You'd have a like a four or five hour, sometimes it's an eight hour movie. But, so, but yeah, no, it's a really clipped down version. And the, the difference is, is that probably the movie just, the car comes out bad in the movie, and that's not necessarily true in the book. Right. His bones are in the back. He's the guy that owned it beforehand. He's kind of part of the car. The car is part of him. Mm-hmm. Doesn't quite explain it. I understand why they did that for the movie. It makes a little less yeah. sense. It makes more sense if you're reading it. There's certain things you just accept. Don't you agree? In a yeah. book that you have a hard time with in a movie. That's all I got to say about Christine. I don't think it's actually a terrible movie. It's got a great soundtrack. Yeah. It's got some beautiful shots. It's as well made as you could make about a killer car. Yeah, I mean, the, the only the only what interesting... about the car? We'll get to that in a later episode. The only interesting fact I knew about Christine was listening to the audio, and it has nothing to do with the Stephen King conversation, just that when they were filming it, a little-known director known as Sam Raimi showed up on, on the, on the oh, set one that. day. Uh, he was actually just shot, finished shooting Evil Dead. How did he get there? Then John Carpenter never explained it, just that he just showed up. He, I guess he knew somebody who knew somebody who brought him up there. That's funny. And it was during the scene where, what's his name, uh, gets crushed. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Who you interviewed. Who I interviewed. Yeah. But who know, did not go well. But it's really Well, the interview funny. went all right. Just, <laughs> they just weren't all really friendly before yeah, the interview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know what? That's really funny. And I know this is talking about Stephen King. But there's a, speaking of, I mentioned Harlan Ellison earlier, they just... Um, You're going to get it back in, aren't you? No, well, they just made I mean, a book he's called... He's going to talking about Coons, and I'm going to lose my oh shit. God. <laughs> they just wrote a book called Let Fuse about Harlan Ellison. You know, he and, didn't write Goosebumps. <laughs> Harlan Ellison, uh, Let Fuse, this is not about... But one of the things that's, that's in the book is a ton of photos of him with different authors. Many of them before they were famous. There's him with a very, very young George R.R. R. Martin mm-hmm. before he wrote Yes, and it, and one of the things that, that pops up is that these people attract other people like them. Like authors pretend that's true. Tend to like like a moth to a flame. Yeah, like authors like hearing other authors talk. If you're interested in making films, you want to hear the director or the depending on what your interest is. And so I think that's kind of the it's circular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not. No, I was just pointing at us. No, I was like, we yeah. all have certain things. That he, yeah, what, I like what I, he was really doing. Again, if you're, yeah, again, if you're listening to the the actual iTunes, you can't. Joe was doing the wrap up side. I didn't do it consciously, <laughs> but I'm not going to argue that it's back be, here in my brain. It has became part of it. That's what I meant. So, anything else about Christine? No. Children of the Corns next. Uh, <laughs> this is, you know what? That's probably my wife's favorite because we watch it every Halloween. I loved, loved it, it so, much. so much as a kid. Did you but, rewatch it? Yeah, I watched it like two years ago. And it does a not hold short up. Short story, right? It's not even a good short story. But, but you know what's interesting about the short story? Because I, that I have read. It's on a night shift, right? It's been a yeah. long time, but the way that the creature is defined, I read it and I was like, "There is no way you could make this without it being either goofy looking, yeah, or." Really hackneyed, like you know, it's, it cost them a billion yeah, dollars. Yeah, well, yeah. you know how they did the scene um, where the dirt comes up out of the ground. You know how they did it? Uh, they hired Bugs Bunny. No, upside <laughs> down. Way to Albuquerque. <laughs> upside down wheelbarrow. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> they dug a trench. They put the wheelbarrow yeah. in. Yeah, put it on a track. That's how they got that bullet. The dirt. I forget the name of the beast. It's some crazy. What is that guy's name? The redheaded guy? Is it Corey? The Burbs. You mean the Burbs guy? Yeah. I have no idea what his name is. Oh no, he's in a great episode of It's Always Sunny. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, yes. The 80s one. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, the ski school. Yep, yep. We should do a whole show on ski school. school. Or 80s comedies. <laughs> anyway, so, I don't have anything to add to Children of the Corn. It's a... Um, it, it stars was, Linda Hamilton and Peter oh, Bogdanovich. Uh, I don't Peter remember. Horton. Peter Horton. Peter Horton. Peter Horton. Who was on, on thirty one of my something. favorite shows. Thirty something. Um, no, not thirty something. But you know, actually, what's your is, favorite show? You got to say it. It's you can't one say. with the devil. Brimstone. Oh, that's right. He was Brimstone. He my, was one of my Brimstone. favorite shows too. Uh, but no, John Glover. This, this is really, why me and James love each other. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> We're gonna have to wrap up in the next few minutes. But uh, didn't even get to any of the movies. Driving. We're gonna get the, to it in a second. Driving through the thing. That's the the beginning of the movie. That I think that's actually the part to me that is most terrifying. Is when they can't get any other radio station. Mm-hmm. They just start getting all the very uber. And it does make me think about, and I think that's gone now because you have XM radio, you have yeah. all of that. But that back in the day when you would get to those places where there was nothing, it yeah. was that the one thing that's about much the, one, the one thing you say about turning the corn, it made a hell of a South Park's episode. <laughs> yeah, it did. <laughs> I, I, and you're right. I mean, I just drove out west, and there's uh, three, four hundred miles of Kansas, and there's not a damn thing. Yeah. Right. And yeah, I can imagine if you're on a two lane road and it's the eighties. By out west, it means you drove to Paducah. Have you been to Paducah? I'm scheduled to go to Paducah. I've never been to Paducah. Well, if you next is Firestarter. Firestarter. The the unexplained why the hell is George C. Scott trying to be an Indian? I'm a Firestarter. They had a large Native American in the book with one eye, and he is clearly Native American. He is clearly a killer, and he's almost six foot something. If you've ever read the book, he's really tall and mean and oppressive looking. And you know who they hired to play him? George C. Scott George with a spray C. on Patton tan. Scott. Was the Dumbest guy from, casting ever. Was the guy from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest not available? And I, mean, I know, I don't, I, honestly, I, that's who he, he looks even, like in the book. He wasn't even menacing. He was like a sweet grandfather type Yeah, yeah, character. it makes no sense. The, the, uh, Drew Barrymore is the girl, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, I, I, who... Is it David Keith or Keith David? It's David, it's David Keith. Keith, Keith, Keith David, David Keith. is in the thing. Yeah. And Keith David is an acting god. Yes, he is. David Keith Oof. is in an officer and a gentleman. Yeah. <laughs> and is not an acting god. He uh He's not a bad actor. Uh that movie, man. Heather he, Heather Locklear's in that, and Heather Locklear is terrible. Pretty but terrible. I don't even remember Heather. She's Locklear. the mother. I don't mother. Even remember that. Martin Sheen is the guy that runs the shop. I remember that. But yeah, David Keith, he, it was just it just seemed like he cried the entire time and had nosebleeds. So the that thing, was <laughs> that's true. He's different in the book. He, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They but that movie is pretty spot on to the book. Have you ever read it? It is pretty close to the book. I just read it a few months ago. Like I said, when I was going through it, I couldn't believe how close it was and how much it sucked. God, because there's no reason for it to suck. It's so boring. Even Stephen King said. You know, back to the spirit thing. Yeah, I've had where they've changed it, and they, but they got the spirit, and then I've had, and he used Firestarter as an example, and then they did pretty much the book, and the movie's terrible. I remember watching it with you in your hospital bed when you were suffering from pneumonia. <laughs> yeah, because well, that was the only good thing about being in the ICU in yeah. October was AMC. I'd wake up at four a.m. by myself and I was like, "Well, riding the bullets on." Yeah, <laughs> uh, we'll talk about that one later. Yeah, I really like it. He loves David Arquette and Mick Garris. But anyway, so Firestarter, I have nothing hey, to add other than I would have loved to have seen John Carpenter's Firestarter. I would have loved to have seen it because I just... It just and, and it's a great visual book. Was it, that when, movie was successful too, if I'm not mistaken. I have no idea. It's a terrible look. movie. It is. It's terrible. All right. Next is Cat's Eye. Uh. Now, most of these were done by Dino De Laurentiis, and Dino De Laurentiis is a famous 
Italian producer. Sure. All these were shot in North Carolina. He yep. had a studio in Raleigh, Durham, right there in North Carolina uh, in the 80s. Big, successful. Well, he made the treat was made. Yeah, he made the... Uh, Full circle last time. He made, yeah. he made the King Kong from the 70s. And the good God, the King Kong lives from the 80s. Jeez, so he also produced Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness, FYI. Yes. He, he if you're a Sam Raimi fan. Yep. We went to... Um, Cheddar's. Uh, no, a restaurant actually. O'Reilly. That's, that's connected to, I guess, his daughter. And that was the coolest thing about it. And I forget where we were. Oh, the lady on the TV. Yeah, yeah. And, and they had hit some of his movie posters. Yeah. They did not put up even. I think that. that's his grandson. Do you know the most significant part about Cat's Eye in the Stephen King film history? No. It's the first Stephen King movie to be given a PG-13. Really? Well, that makes sense. Well, it's basically made up of this cat going around following these three stories that were basically written. The two, Quitter's Inc., and then this, the other one is the which is guy from Airplane. Robert Hayes. Robert Hayes is in the one, and the 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 mobster is going to kill his wife. Those two stories are in the night shift, and he has to go around the building. Mm -hmm. And then the with the little monster attacking the girl, which who's is once again played story. by Drew Barrymore. Yeah. Well, I, you know, actually, the Robert Hayes and the Drew Barrymore stories are two of my. I love those two stories. I like Quitters Inc. too with James yeah. Woods, and basically what it is is they you they torture these people to make them quit cigarettes. So. Yeah. I, Cat's Eye is one of those things I hadn't seen for a long time and saw it last year. It's a guilty pleasure. It's not bad. It's not bad. It's not bad. It's not like Firestar. But, <laughs> it's not. Oh, I just remember that little troll. Yeah, I like the little troll. I like and, the little then, troll. and then the troll does the whole thing with the cat. Do you know there, there was like a... <laughs> they actually shot a whole thing, and I wish they would release it on a special edition. There's a whole beginning part of that movie that was shot that explains why the cat's so interested in all these people. Oh, really? Yeah. And, and they, they cut that out? They cut... Dina, De Laurentiis didn't like it, so they cut it. Oh. Because he had a lot in the making of these movies. He had a lot to do. Well, he's well, like, he, a lot he of also the, produced Conan the Barbarian yeah, and Conan the Yeah, Destroyer. a lot of the history of Stephen King movies about how they were going to go one direction and they went this direction is because of Dino De Laurentiis. And they had, and they had a falling time. out sometime in the 80s. I don't know the whole story between he yeah. and Stephen King. It just kept, he, he just kept interfering. Mm -hmm. Well, as I said, well, and that's what happened with The Dead Zone, too, and that's what I found fascinating was... I said series of happy accidents that worked out in the dead zone, but not so much other places. I would have loved to have seen that. That'd I would have great. loved to see I wonder see if that really, footage exists. It exists. It's just, I don't know if it's been lost in time or they're just never going to release it. Cause this episode's going to run a few minutes longer. Just one of those cat's yeah. eyes. It's just cat's eyes is not one of those more widely publicized Stephen King movies. All right. How many more could we get through? You want to do Silver Bullet? Let's do Silver Bullet. I like Silver Bullet. I like Silver Bullet. It's based well. on Psycho the Werewolf. Yeah. Well, did you know the werewolf costume wasn't even done? When they start shooting that movie, that makes sense. That, well, I mean, he doesn't show up till two thirds yeah. through the movie. Yeah, that they had, they had started making the movie before the main part of the movie was even done. <laughs> and there's so many. And if you look at it, there are issues with that werewolf. Oh yeah, I, I'm sure. I don't remember, but I'm sure Gary Busey's in it. Yeah. Uh, Corey Haim is mm -hmm. the kid in the wheelchair. Mm -hmm. It's a I, I enjoy it. Some it's a little uneven. Parts you know, of it are jokey and yeah. parts of it are dead serious. Again, this this falls into the Dino De Laurentiis um, issue. Do you know who was originally going to direct that? No, Don Coscarelli. Oh, that would have been cool. Yeah, Phantasm and Bubba Hotep's. Yeah, Don, Don Coscarelli. Coscarelli, my favorite. I'm not a huge Phantasm fan, but yeah. Bubba Hotep. There was some huge. He was great he was, film. He was signed. It was ready to go. He could not get over creative differences with De Laurentiis, so he left. Well, as I say, the, the, the other part of that, though, is the, and I'm just jumping a little bit, but the the graphic adaptation of that was Bernie Wrightson. Yeah. And it was originally planned to be a calendar. Yeah. He and Stephen King collaborate yeah. on a calendar, and then it became 
the illustration, but if you can find the Bernie Wrights and illustrated version, they're beautiful. They're beautiful. beautiful. They're absolutely. I, I got it off the bookmobile when I was a kid. Yep. Honestly, they I read it in the bookmobile. I got it out of the middle school library, which was hilarious yeah. because there was a shooting that was linked to Stephen King at that time, and that yeah. was the one book they left there. Yep. All right. I got an interesting side note about uh, Silver Bullet. This is for James. Do you know something that Gary Busey and Everett McGill share? They're both the, the, the two main stars of that movie. What? They were both killed by Steven Seagal. Gary Busey, Under Siege 1, and Under Siege 2, Dark Territory, which was directed by that one guy who directed Fortress 2. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. James's favorite actor, Steven Seagal. That's not at all. It makes us watch. That's not true. (laughs) All right, so that's it for our Stephen King episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. We're actually going to come back and start with Maximum Overdrive for our next Stephen King episode. The Magnum Opus of Car Movies. The Magnum Opus of Car Movies. Spot, anything to say before we go? You guys read Sutter Kane? Ha ha, that's a reference to John Carpenter. We'll see you next week. I'm Joe Lewis. I'm a Pepsi. (laughs) I got nothing. You're Pepsi. James Thomas for now. James Thomas for now. Pepsi MacBook. Cheetos. And until those people pay us. Till that next week, we've got Haley behind the camera. We'll see you then. Toodles. Yo, yo. My drink looks like meat juice. <laughs> yeah. Look Your at that. face looks like meat juice. Look at that. That's the drink's fault. Anyway. It's like so, a thing of hamburger sits out too long. The thing is about Stephen King, and I'm going to just ignore the <coughs> Did you just spit that in my carpet? <coughs> you just spit that in my We're going to have to start so all over. <coughs> Do you know that shit stained? I really didn't mean to. <coughs> and you got it on that free couch I got. Ugh. Do you know how much that couch cost me? Oh my God, did you kill the bed bugs? Okay. <laughs> no, no, God, no. You sit right there because you got to finish. We I'm going to start on your shirt. We can't restart. <laughs> now we're going to restart. I can't. This is, this is an outtake, right? Because God, it better be an outtake. Uh-huh.